0: Thanks for checking out the Airborne Youth Podcast. This week, you'll be hearing a teaching from Ben Evenson.
1: When you hear about a mass shooting, right? That happened like last week, right? That was last Wednesday, a week ago in California. Immediately, I think every one of us begins to put in our mind, what if that happened to us? We immediately go, how does this affect me? I mean, certainly our hearts go, oh my gosh, that's terrible. But every one of us puts together a scenario in our mind, a filter based on our experience. And what if that happened in my school? And how many, I think I know the dudes do it. Probably some of the girls too, have absolutely walked out the plan. If a gunman walked into your classroom at school, your house, your church, your, I mean, oh yeah, we all, Kevin's like got to vividly in his mind i remember doing that when i was young in my church i'd be like if something happened i'd be like crawl under the pew to the back you know the church pews because my church had those you know and it was like this i had this vivid like i am gonna be the eight-year-old that saves the day you know and i think it's in all of us to be like i want to be the hero because we care how the whole thing affects us and why do we want to be the hero come on let's be honest because we want to be the hero Maybe even more than saving everybody else, we all really just want to be the hero. Come on, right? Anybody here would just be like, no, I hope there's another hero in the room because I'm just going to hide and die. Like, (laughs) really, Lizzie? Totally? You're just like cower in fear? No, Lizzie's going to ninja kick something and like be the hero of the day. Like, hell yeah, Right? But none of us have that desire to just be like, I'm going to just lay down under a desk and hide and hope someone other, some other hero saves the day. Right? Right. Are you with me on this? So here's what I want to do. Cause we tend to all be really self-absorbed and that's kind of natural. I won't say that that's okay, but it's definitely normal. And God has definitely called us to a place of what are the two greatest commandments? Love who? God is the first one. And love your neighbor as yourself, okay? As yourself, but it's this love your neighbor and yourself thing. God's called us into a place of looking outside of ourselves and expressing love, which is not completely natural to ourselves. We desire love. How many of you want to be loved? Yeah? Right? You're like, oh, yeah, I definitely want to be loved, you know? And if you're not feeling loved, you get really freaked out, like, why doesn't anyone love me? I don't have any friends, right? Like, does that, does that happen some of you boys? Yeah. I heard about it, Trenton, on Facebook. You told everybody. I'm just kidding. No. But I'm just kidding, bro. You know I love you. Anyway. About not having any friends? Oh. No. oh. <laughs> I was like, really? My prophetic went into motion. Anyway, so no, but seriously, we have this absolute natural desire to care about what happens to us. So what, if you have a Bible or some form of it, I want you to turn to Luke because like it's that time of year where we talk about a specific topic a lot. What is it? Baby Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. So it's Christmas time. So get your Bible out, turn to the book of Luke chapter one, the beginning, right? No, you're good. Just listen. I'm going to read it. You can trust me. If one of these other people of the Bible goes, he's lying, then you know I'm lying. Okay? It works that way. All right? So here's what's going on. And we're going to go to verse uh, 26. Okay? And I'm just going to try to blaze through this. I always end up stopping because I love, like, I just get revelation as I read sometimes and I have to, like, just blurted out. So if I stop, that's what's going on is I just want to clarify something or something got clear to me that I didn't even realize before it happens. But in the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. Okay? I don't know why he didn't say to a young woman, young girl. I don't know. But it's very specific, obviously, because you, if you know what the whole context of Jesus' birth was, it is important that it says virgin. Okay, got it? Are you with me? Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, she was married, or pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. You should know this by now. Yes, got it? The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled with his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Now, I want you to put yourself in, a, in this situation, personal experience, guys, this might be a little harder, okay? Picture yourself, little virgin girl, okay? And <laughs> it's so fun, I know. I said that at church. It's okay, don't picture yourself that way. But just go with this, all right? <laughs> Is this inappropriate? It just keep going, right? Because there's a point. But listen... I want to challenge you with the possibility that angelic visitations may happen to you far more than you recognize. I think we all like to read this story and think Angel Gabriel comes down in a big white glowy suit with wings and flutters down softly over Mary and says, you know, what is the exact quote, right? I don't know. Right, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now listen, I think it's completely tangibly possible that, Gabriel appeared to her as a guy, just a man, came by, greetings to you who are highly favored of the Lord. Now this would sound a lot like a prophetic word given to Mary by possibly just an average normal looking guy. It doesn't say he came down with his wings and he glistened and it's different than the occurrence when Jesus is born and the angels show up to the shepherds in the field and they all go boom on the ground in fear because they knew these were angels. So I would submit to you possibly that this angel was not even known to Mary as an angel, but simply someone coming with a message. Does that change things a little bit? Because this then she's not going, oh, this is an interesting greeting. Because if it's a big white glowing angel with huge wings comes and says, favor of God is upon you. You kind of go like sweet or you're cowering in fear something more like that. But she's kind of like, that's a strange greeting from this guy which gives us some clue potentially that this was not just like an angel of the Lord just came and spoke to me, but she's got a someone coming and giving her a very clear word. Does that make sense? Are you tracking with me on this? Okay. So here's the deal. Um, da, 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 da. Mary was greatly troubled at his words. Cause I don't know why you'd, that's the other part is I don't know why you'd be troubled by greetings. You who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Does that trouble any of you? Now, you'd kind of be like encouraged by that, but she's kind of like, what? This is like, who is this guy? It's probably stranger danger a little bit. Like, sure. You're, you know, creeper, right? Like, hey, little honey, you're blessed by the Lord. And she's like, creepy, get back, right? Can you picture? strum? strange man comes up to you and says, hey, Mallory, you're favored by the Lord, you know? And she's troubled, People do that here, right? You're like, ah, exactly. It could be an angel. Just receive it, right? Okay, be careful. Could be an angel. Anyway, could be your, hu- could be your husband. <laughs> anyway, I hope this isn't recorded. <laughs> this is totally okay. We're not getting anywhere though. Okay, here we go. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son. I mean, this, this puts the creeper radar off the charts, right? If you can picture Mary not staring at a bright, shiny angel, but just maybe an average looking man who comes up to her, has never talked to her before. And suddenly he's saying, you're going to be with child. Yeah, see, the girls are all like, Ah, right? Totally different scenario than the bright, shiny angel, right? You will be with child and give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary's simple question, how? Right? She goes, how will this be? I'm a virgin. I don't know if she was a little bit sarcastic. Like, yeah, sure. Uh, How do you expect that to happen? Creepy man with the van with no windows, right? Like, (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Am I allowed to say this? No? No? (laughs) Brian's smiling, so it's okay, right? (laughs) So that might mean a meeting tomorrow, right? No, I'm kidding. All right. Um, she says, how will this be, she asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have her chi- have a child in her old age and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month for nof- nothing is impossible for God. So Mary comes back at this angel with a simple How, and the angel comes back with a very clear word from God and a testimony of how God's done similar miracles before. To her, it's her cousin, right? Elizabeth was Mary's cousin, right? Yes. Aunt, cousin, relative. Okay, I think it was. Cousin? Cousin, good. Thanks for the clarification. It's good. But Elizabeth, right, just found out six months ago that she's pregnant, right? And this was a whole miraculous thing because she's like super old and not able to have kids anymore and never has had kids as far as we know. She's having a baby. She's got six months pregnant now, right? Which is a miracle. And it just so happens that she's pregnant with who? John the Baptist, who was sent as the one who was the mouthpiece, the pre- like the, what was that? The forerunner for Jesus to come and say, Jesus is coming. That was his whole job. Six months earlier than Jesus Right? Yeah, he came six months earlier than Jesus. Older cousin who's supposed to come and say, hey, Jesus is on his way. Jesus is on his way. And then it even says after this, when Mary's pregnant, she went to see Elizabeth, right? Because we'll talk about a little bit of why. But she goes to see Elizabeth. And what happens to John the Baptist when Mary walks up? John the Baptist, six months, big in the belly right there. He jumps inside Elizabeth. Just because The son of God inside Mary very early on comes into the proximity. John, it's such a wild and amazing story. I don't know. I'm fascinated. Maybe because I have children. It's a fascinating thing, but some of you probably like that idea too. Good? Yes? But here's the the crazy thing is nothing is impossible um, with God. And this is what I absolutely love is verse 38. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be... Unto me, as you have said. And the angel left. And this is like the moment when Mary had to completely 100% say, no filter. I'm not looking at my life through the circumstances that I'm staring down right now. Because every part of the circumstance that Mary was looking at was terrifying. She's first of all, a virgin. First of all, and second of all, engaged. I can't have two first of alls. Okay, a virgin, she's engaged, she's about to become pregnant. You can see the problem because she's living in a culture and an environment when women who were unfaithful were stoned to death by simple accusation. So this was a young girl, and I know this will freak you out, but they assume that Mary was probably in the range of 14 years old, right? Young girl, that's pretty young, right? And she's staring down the barrel of an entire culture, an entire family, an entire group of people who are going to look at her and go, you slut, you went and got pregnant, right? I mean, imagine any one of you girls going to your parents next week and be like, mom, dad, I just got to share something with you. I'm pregnant, but I swear I didn't do what you think I did. Yeah, right. How's that going to go over, right? No. no, I swear an angel of the Lord came and you know, like yeah and we we even have evidence that this really happened once, and your parents are not going to believe you. She didn't have the Bible to say what happened to the other Mary. She had only one occurrence one pos- she had to go to her family and say, I'm pregnant, and I swear me, and Joseph didn't do anything and there wasn't another guy and uh, blacklisted from her family every part of it, the filter over her life at that moment, what she had put could have put down and said. I don't know, this is crazy risky. And I'm like, what about my credibility? And what about this? And what about my my high school? You know, and what about my college degree? I mean, this really messes up my plans. She had a whole lot of reasons to put a filter down and say, no, God, this doesn't work. But Mary, in crazy wisdom and ability to decipher and discern what the word of God was over her life, said, I'm a servant of the Lord. Let it be done to me. She simply said, yes, God, whatever this is going to be, whatever this is going to look like, this is high risk. This is crazy, insane. And being on that side of the story, you can't imagine her seeing a good outcome. And so the challenge I would give to each and every one of you guys, as you are walking through life is every one of you has a call on your life from God to walk boldly, to stand firm, to be like absolutely sure of your faith. And it might cost you something. But the minute you start putting a filter over it and say, well, God, you know, that's cool. I can be a Christian when I come to Airborne on Wednesday nights and I'll be like really genuine and I'll even put my hands up in worship and I'll be cool. But when I get to school, I, I gotta be like, I gotta put that filter on that makes me look a little different. It's that Instagram filter reality where we go like, oh, I don't want people to get the true blue version of me, so I'm going to throw a little bit of ex-pro on, on my life here when I go to school and when I go to this place, my sports team, you know, I'll throw on this epitone so I can be this. And you know what I mean? Like we start to put these filters down that are like, no, God, I know what you called me to, but you, got, you can't expect me to really go full out in every part of my life with this. And this was exactly to the extreme, to the most insane possible reality, what God called Mary into that very day was you get to lay your life down. And this was before Jesus. This was before the cross. This was before forgiveness. This was in the pit of sin of humanity where animals still had to be sacrificed to to stay the punishment of sin. She had to look down that barrel of all that stuff and say, nope, God, No filter. I'm your servant. I'm going to go. I'm going to do this. Simply, yes. Whatever it costs me, I don't care. I know you've called me into this. And from this side of history, would any one of you have encouraged, right now, if you could talk to Mary and be like, man, you really shouldn't have done what you did. You should have totally walked away from that moment. None of us, because every one of us look now and go, my gosh, it's Mary, the mother of Jesus, who had the opportunity to hold God in the flesh in her arms right till he could walk and then helped him walk and picked him up when he fell and did like fed him and nourished him and did like, had she simply put a filter over her life and said, yeah, God, I just, how about we just like adopt him? like, the difference her yes made in all of history was so profound and so real. And Mary was not some specifically special, like, she didn't walk around with a glow over her head all 13 years of her life or 14 years of her life prior to this. It was just, she was an everyday girl from a town that didn't matter, with nothing significant about her, in a poor family, and a not, like, nothing special going on. And yet we all very often put the filter over us that I'm just me. There's not anything significant. There's not anything special. But God specifically wants really special every single one of you to step into the yes that he's calling you into, pull back the filter and say, yeah, God, I'm so in. And I don't care the cost because I know what you're calling me into will take me to greatness because that's what he's done in every circumstance through all of history. He's never let a single person down that he's called to greatness who has said, yeah, I'll do that. It's such an opportunity, guys. And I want to just go one more passage and try to make it really fast, but it's in Matthew if you want to turn there. Chapter six, and this totally, I don't know, this is a big one that's always helped me in such a substantial way, um, is therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? And then it continues and it says, why do you worry about clothes? See all the lilies of the field, how they grow. They do not labor or spin, yet they, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed as well as one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, Um, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that they need them, or knows that you need them. But this verse right here says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. What are all these things? What are they talking about? What are all these things right here? We just It's all the stuff we just read. All these things refers to the things previously listed, food and drink and clothes and, uh, and your body and your hair and your car and your degree and your f- devices. And seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and some of these things will be added to you or all of these things will be added unto you As well, it says. But if we spend our entire life behind a filter, going, "No, I need this," and God, "I need this," and we start, like Dylan talked about last last week, some is like this reality that we say we pray for someone to get healed and it doesn't happen, and we start to build this filter that says, "No, God's not good," simply based on our experience and what we think we needed at the moment, and we get like, and I, and we have it is so beyond my understanding to know why God heals sometimes and doesn't other times. It's just like, ah, I don't know. But if we start to build a filter over our life that says, well, God doesn't heal because he didn't when I prayed. Then we suddenly start praying with a filter over our eyes That it was like, okay, God, we just pray you'll heal. And there's, our faith gets ripped back when we put a filter down and it gets like Dylan talked about filtered out. You filter out your faith right out of the goodness of who God is. And suddenly your prayers are just like, doubtful, uninspired, unfaith-filled prayers, then you just start living behind this filter that's like, yep, God doesn't heal because I've prayed like a million times now. But you've started to build this disbelief in who God is based on what has happened to your little simple world, right? And we get really wrapped up in, oh, well, what didn't happen around me? We're like, but clearly, if you hang around here for more than like a week, you hear, Countless testimony after testimony after testimony after testimony about God healing. So can we possibly believe that, whoa, God is healing. God is a healer and he does this and he's good and he's powerful and stop putting this own filter down. That's like, well, it didn't happen to me. So it must not be real. I didn't speak in tongues when someone prayed for me. I guess that's not for anybody. I didn't get blown out and fall on the floor. I guess that's not real. And then we start to put a filter up. And then when God wants to come and do something, we go, no, you can't do that, God, because I already tried. And we begin to restrict our own progress with God because we simply won't just say, yes, 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 yes. yes When God says, come on, I want this for you. Seek first the kingdom of God, first and all these things that you need, that you want, that you desire, will be added to you as well in perfect measure because he's a good father who doesn't give you a snake when you ask for bread. No, <laughs> Kevin's like, yes! he's gonna, Yeah, that's big for Kevin. He hates snakes. So if you really want to get him riled up, bring him one. Anyway, <sighs> they already knew, or at least now they do. Anyway, Um yeah No doubt. But do you like, do you catch where I'm going with this? We tend to camp and live so much of our life worrying and putting up these filters that are like, "Ah, I know what God's called me to, but that sounds scary, And what if? what if? What if? What if I don't find my girlfriend, my boyfriend, my future spouse? Oh my gosh, what if I lose them? What if I lose them? What if I miss the opportunity? We live in fear and worry. But if we would seriously, and this is so hard to get, and I understand because I lived it and I didn't do it well, so it makes me so fired up to inspire you guys to another level of seek first the kingdom and he will add all these things, your wife, your husband, your future, your job, to you. But there's a promise that comes with a obedience. Seek first my kingdom and all these things. I will add everything you need because He cares for you. And if you sit here going, "I don't feel like He cares for me," because I've in this and this has happened in my life and this sucks and blah 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 blah, blah filter. Pull back the filter and say, "No, God. <laughs> sin sucks, and there's stuff that happens that's crappy because sin exists. But I know You're good." And I'm not going to bow out and be like, nah, forget it. It's not going to happen. God's not good. I can't trust him. Not taking the risk. Because the moment you step out of trusting God, you just place yourself in such a dangerous situation in your own heart and life when you're just like, nope, God, I am not. Because that's easy for your heart to turn. When you get enough filters put on that you can't even see the picture anymore, you just go like, Nah. There's nothing there. There's no call on my life. There's nothing special. There's nothing going for me. You set yourself in a just disastrous position. And it's it's a really scary reality. I just was reminded, Lizzie, can you show that vision you got in prayer to just help end this thing? I feel like this kind of connects because I think it, feel, it totally lines up with this filter thing. But I felt like it did anyway, but I want you to share it.
0: I just... I- Almost started crying when I was thinking about it. Um, I just saw this picture of your names being written down, and it was like God was writing your name, and He was just like, just see this picture of Him smiling as He's writing your name. But then I saw the name start to get blurred around the edges, and it was like, um, it was almost like we didn't know who we were. Like, we didn't know our identity and just how powerful each and every single one of you are. You have such an amazing identity over your life. I'm going to cry because it's so passionate to my heart, but you guys really um, were created for an amazing destiny. So anyway, it's really cool. Jesus, I thank you so much that we can come to you with an open heart, that we can be vulnerable to you. God, I pray for clarity. Right now in the name of Jesus, clarity over their mind, over their heart. Release any filter, any negative filter over their life and give them a clear vision. God, I just see dreams awakening. Those dreams, guys, that are in your heart, that are in like deep in the dark crevice of your heart, call them into existence because they are, they are there for a reason and God has put them in your heart for a reason. Begin to declare those dreams and declare who you are. Because your identity is so strong. Every single one of you has the power to transform your life and the life around you. So God, we just declare this over them right now. Give them peace, God. I just pray, I just see some of you are worried right now and you're getting stressed because you're like, I I don't know who I am. I'm really not sure. But God wants to tell you, just like um, we did that thing last week where we had the um, Dylan's um, told us to f- think of an animal. God's going to give you a picture of who you are and why he loves you so much. He has so much love for you guys. And it's sick because he's, he's crazy about you guys.
1: This podcast was recorded live at our Wednesday night youth meeting. To find out more, check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching
0: Airborne Youth.